Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by New Beginnings, daily steps for self-acceptance and peace of mind. If you want to wake up each day feeling good about yourself, energized, happy, peaceful, if you want to shed the layers of protective armor wrapped around your heart, this supportive course is for you. Join us on this journey of deep self-care work. Lighten your load, calm your anxiety, and lift your spirits. And for a limited time, you can save 30%. Learn more at anxietyslayer.com. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, here with my wonderful friend and co-host, Ananga Sivir. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. Hello, Ananga. Hey, Shan. Happy New Year to you. And to you and all our listeners. It's good to be back together again after a nice break for the holidays to record a brand new podcast and get this year started on the right foot. And one of the best ways we can do that is to cover in depth a couple of supportive anxiety relief practices that will help our listeners feel more calm and relaxed in 2020. Let's begin with one of our favorites, and that is journaling. Yeah, journaling for me is such a healing practice. I think the thing I love most about journaling is the clarity it brings. If ever I feel that I'm processing something traumatic or anxious or just learning something new, just getting the words out, out of my head onto the page, I really love being able to just brain dump, free write, and then see the clarity and peace that comes from that practice. There's so much self-compassion when you allow yourself to just let whatever is dancing around in your head land on the page. I think about many difficult experiences that I've had in my in my past in this lifetime that I've been able to just write about and even inquire about and just let it all go. And there's something that helps you feel so much lighter mm. just just through that action. Yeah. It's something that's very easy to sound cliched or lightweight, but I think it's a really essential healing practice. Ayurveda, which we often talk about, India's ancient science of life, talks a lot about self-examining, self-awareness, and being able to respond to what we're going through and processing emotions. Very often we'll have some traumatic event or some big emotional event and it kind of gets stuck in us. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to function. We've got this high-functioning expectation where we're keeping going, but it's there and it's stuck and it's weighing so heavily on us. For me, journaling is a powerful way of, of, as you said, expressing self-compassion, self-awareness, and looking at what's going on very gently, very kindly, and it really does help us process and digest and release. And I think, especially with something as life-altering as anxiety, which can be so incredibly overwhelming and confusing, journaling can really help us pick that knitting in our head apart a little bit and start looking at it and looking how we can respond to ourselves with care and with action steps. The self-compassion piece is so big when we're suffering. 
and to be able to have a better understanding of what's going on and to, and to be sweet with ourselves instead of being hard on ourselves. We can look into our own anxiety and say, oh, this makes sense to me. I can see why this is affecting me so strongly. The anxiety voice tends to go to harshness and brittleness and to tell us, you know, I'm broken. What's wrong with me? And it's so uncompassionate, that languaging. It's so brittle and so rigid. When we can turn to ourselves with compassion and question what's going on and look for the sense in it, then the real healing begins. And that healing begins with softening, Mm -hmm. softening into our experience. And then, of course, once we soften and lean in and, and look at what's going on for us in that investigative, kind sense, then we can move from understanding to action. And that means just that turning over and looking at what can I do now with this new understanding to support myself? What steps can I take to make this a bit easier for myself? And this can all happen on the page. It can all happen in that journaling process. And it's important to also bring forward that healing is learning. And it's taking baby steps and falling and getting back up again. and. Anxiety only increases when we think we're broken and that we need to be fixed. And that black and white thinking hurts us even more. And you've heard me over the, you know, we've been friends for so long. And my go-to inner critic tells me I'm weak. You're so weak. Or get your shit together. <laughs> or why are you wallowing in whatever it is you're wallowing in? Now I can even have some humor around it. It, it makes me smile because I can identify it for for a voice that, that I do not own, that is not my voice, that is not real, that's an antagonist, that's an inner critic, that I can say, okay, thanks for looking out for me, but, but I've got this. I know what I need to do right now. I know what steps I need to take to support myself, to make this a little bit easier on myself. And then you take them, you take action. And I think this year for us, for Anxiety Slayer, is a big, big push toward, okay, we understand. We know that you're suffering. Now it's time to take action. It's time to do something about it because you can, and we're here to help you do that. Yeah, with anxiety, a big part of the healing, which I see happening every day in our group, and I'm so grateful to witness it there, is the camaraderie and and understanding that comes from like-minded souls, people who know what you're going through. So often we hear from somebody who's tried to open up to a partner or a friend or a colleague or a boss. And they've, they've taken that courageous step to speak and open up about their anxiety, and they're just met with total non-understanding right. and non-compassion. So to be with people who get it, who understand the symptoms and the, the mind games and the looping thoughts, that is wonderful. But it's step one. It's the beginning of the journey, and I'm very eager, as I know you are, Shan, to see our, our group members and listeners and friends move on to the other steps of, okay, now we have the understanding, we have the support, we have somewhere where it's safe to speak. What's next? Exactly. What's next? Because anxiety, if we're not careful, it can have this phenomenon called bad bonding, where we look for similar experiences and that's it. Yeah. And it doesn't go further. And there's so much further we can go into the realms of of relief and, and overcoming and just living a much more peaceful calm, rich life when we're not plagued by these daily fears about our health and our our mortality and all the other stuff that anxiety throws at us. Right. Yeah, it can get way better than this. So very much looking forward to 
offering that support this year. And you brought forward bad bonding, and I think it's important that we just share what that is exactly. And it's very simple. It's when you question, does anybody have X, Y, or Z going on? Or has anybody taken X, Y, or Z medicine? That kind of thing, where you're looking for other people to tell you, yes, I've had that, and then share their their feedback. Yeah. We want to get way past that way past that because it might make you feel a little bit more calm, a a little bit better for a moment until it leads to the next thing and then the next and the next. And it's one of the reasons why in our private group on Facebook, we steer clear from the medications question because every person's different. Every brain is different. Uh, Doctors and, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists and the patient. There's so many moving parts that talking about those different medicines really is a bad bonding practice, in my opinion. Yeah. It's always good to know that you have understanding and support. And with anxiety, the first thing we want to know is, am I alone? Right. Am I alone? Am I going crazy? No, you're not alone. And that's important. It's important to have that support. But beyond that, we need to then, it's a step. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're at the front door and you've got your hand on the doorknob, but you're not out the door. So healing for anxiety needs to be not so specifically focused on this symptom, this thing, that thing, the tiny, tiny things that the anxious mind zooms right in on. Right. Like, you know, you put a flea under a microscope and it's my belief that there are certain things that are small for a reason. No doubt. <laughs> Certain kind of deep sea dwellers and, and things you put them under a microscope and they're the stuff of nightmares. But that's what our mind does with our symptoms and our experiences of anxiety. It zooms right in and it makes it very, very big and very, very scary. And what the anxious mind does is it looks at the A problem and the B problem and yes. you'll find somebody that resonates with yes. with B and then you go to C and then you find somebody that understands C and you go to D and you can do that your whole life. And that's okay because you get an understanding that it's not non-valid, but with anxiety, we need to go broader and deeper with healing because the anxious mind will always look at the flea under the microscope. And what we need to look at is what's looking through the microscope, the anxiety experience behind the symptoms and the fear of this and the fear of that and, and helping that calm down, then everything changes. And there's so much to be said and done with that. Coming back around to journaling, that's why I love journaling, because it gives that broad, compassionate space on the page where you can get everything out your head and look at it in that compassionate context. Yes. And and then that journaling often can lead to a really powerful EFT tapping session, which is the the second anxiety relief practice that we're going to cover today. You've heard us talk about EFT tapping a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about it. We're going to be offering more guided tap-throughs. We're working on some upcoming webinars that we're going to be inviting you to. We know the power of EFT, and EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, if you haven't heard of it before, which is now popularly known as tapping because the technique involves tapping on a sequence of meridian points. And these points have been researched and selected for their effectiveness in helping us calm stress and anxiety, overcoming trauma, and finding freedom from phobias 
and also the ability to release unwanted thoughts. So you can see how this journaling and EFT can be a, a real beautiful one-two punch in, in helping you manage your anxiety. Yeah, it's a beautiful combination because bringing in the compassion and clarity and then the action. So our EFT combines tapping on these meridian points with the use of language to tune into what we're experiencing and we wish to release. So this is where journaling is really helpful because people often say, I don't know the words to use. So go to your journal, go to your journal and underline the points, the words you've expressed that cause you the most concern, the most discomfort. Get those in your tapping statement. Really, this is where learning EFT tapping thoroughly is worth a little effort. It's so easy to learn. Anyone over the age of five can do it. My daughter was using EFT tapping when she was five. She's 22 now. But um, when she was five, she'd go up to her friend if they were upset and she'd say, I can help you. Let's do some effort <laughs> <laughs> And she knew all the points and she was helping people there. It was really cute to see. But mastering EFT and getting to know it well, that takes a little longer and a little more experience in, in years and the help of someone experienced because it really is one of those things that anyone can learn it in five minutes, but to learn it well takes a little longer and it's worth that investment. Tapping's helped thousands of people overcome PTSD, negative core beliefs, phobias, fear of driving, flying, and so much more. And it works. We get letters every week from people saying how glad they are that they tried it. So if you haven't tried it yet, here's how you can get started. You can get our tapping points diagram at anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT. And try tapping along with the guided session in our free Anxiety Slayer starter course, which you can find at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. And you can also take our more in-depth course on EFT tapping for anxiety relief at the same address. Everything can be found at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. And if you've tried tapping, but didn't get the results you hoped for, we recommend trying again. Please don't give up. It took me quite some time, many tap throughs to get where I wanted to be with tapping. And there's still some days where I call up Ananga and I'm like, Ananga, do you have time (laughs) to support me through a tapping session? Because I find sometimes I have a, a much more powerful clearing when I have an expert like Ananga helping me through that. And she'll sometimes, as really good practitioners do, key in on something that I've missed. Here are a couple of reasons newcomers to tapping don't always get good results initially. The first one is not tapping for long enough. Very often somebody will come to me and they've tried tapping for an anxiety attack and they say it didn't work. And I say, how long did you tap for? And they say, a minute or two, a couple of rounds, nothing happened. The simple answer to that is keep going. Try tapping again for your chosen issue, but keep tapping for five to ten minutes. Set a timer if you need to as a commitment. Okay, I'm going to try it for five minutes. Seven minutes is better. Ten minutes is fantastic. At least five minutes. Give it time. Give it a bit longer. It's such a simple thing. And often, that's all it needed was a bit longer tapping. The other thing is not being focused enough. Tapping works best when we tune into one thing at a time. Pick one thing and write it down. For example, even though I feel stuck with this anxiety, or even though I feel nothing works for my anxiety, if you look at that, that's a negative core belief, and it's a good one to be free from. So note down on your piece of paper, 
how true that is for you out of 10. For example, if it feels 100% true right now, write down the number 10. If it feels partially true, write down a 5 or a 6. Try tapping for that one thought or concern for at least 5 minutes. And then when you finish your tapping session, check in with yourself. Look back at your piece of paper and review how you feel now. Write down the number that represents how you feel now. So if it was a 10 before, is it an 8 now? If it was a 6 before, is it a 4 now? Any reduction in number, that's a success. You've brought the score down, you've brought the feeling down a couple of points and continued tapping will reduce your feeling of the experience and the, and the number on your piece of paper again. So really it's persistence is the key. Taking action is what it's all about. For additional guided tapping sessions, you're welcome to visit our New Beginnings course at anxietyslayer.com or at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Thanks so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We're wishing you all the best in the days ahead.